the game's all about. All of a sudden, you feel like you can't miss. Welcome to Weekend Buckets. My name is Matt Moore. I'm the senior NBA writer for the Action Network. Joined by my colleague, NBA futures analyst, Brandon Anderson, as we sit here in awe of Steph Curry's insane performance in game four of the NBA finals. Um, as the Golden State Warriors, even the series 107-97 versus the Boston Celtics. Brandon, buddy, you and I, we said, don't want to side, think it could go either way, lean a little bit Warriors, you took the under, I took the team total under for the Celtics, expecting defensive adjustments from Golden State, we had Andrew Wiggins overs, check, we had so many things that we bet on this game, I went heavy, on that team total under, I really, I felt better about it after we did the pod. Like I started, I was like, you know what? I really think this is the play is Celtics team total under it all cash last two games. We have last three games. Really? We missed on, on warriors in game one. I went light on it. Um, I stayed away from it actually, because I was concerned. I was like, something's weird here, but two, three, four, we have nailed the series so far, buddy. And, and don't forget, we came in on Warriors third quarter last night live on that one, too. We got yep. another Warriors third quarter to cash. Really, it's all us. I don't know if the Warriors are even really doing much. It's just us <laughs> betting at each game that's cashing through. So, yeah, I, I believe my game, two is not as strong as your game, too. But, man, these couple games in Boston, we just have crushed and are feeling really good right now. So, let's give out some more winners. Yeah, I bet Boston... Uh, second quarter, I went heavier on that and that hit. I went Warriors lighter in the third quarter, that hit. I went light on on Celtics fourth quarter and that obviously missed. Um, here, here's where I will start with this, okay? Steph Curry was spectacular. Steph Curry is amazing. Steph Curry did, like, you, if, you, if you are listening to this, you watch that game, you know, like, he hit all sorts of incredible shots. Um, my favorite was the corner pump fake, got Derek White on his hip. And then adjusted mid-air high floater over Robert Williams. That one was just <laughs> absurd. However, however, this being me, I'm just look, we talked about the drop. We talked about how they're covering Curry. And what I kept thinking of last night, Brandon, was that meme of the news quote that says, What are you gonna do? Stab me by the man stabbed. That's how I felt about the Boston Celtics last night, where they're like, We're gonna, oh yeah. Show us you can beat us, Steph Curry. And Steph Curry's like, okay, I guess I will. Um, I broke down some of these things on Twitter. You can follow me on Twitter at HB Basketball. I showed like various stills. Like, Brandon, there's nobody within two feet of him on some of these plays. And and part of this is there will be a response of, well, not all of them. He hit some tough, but if you let him get going, then yeah. The whole thing is you don't want him to be in that zone. You don't, you want him to be frustrated and confused and a little bit like, like, damn it. I can't get space. If you give him this much room that you were going to get one of these games and you got it at the worst time for you, which is game four. We'll get into the real reason. I think that, that, that this game went to warriors, but now we're at this point. This is a great in, inflection point in the series. You got through four games of the series without having to blitz Steph. You took Draymond completely out. 
Clay has not been a factor. Poole was pretty good last night, but hasn't been a huge deterrent. Wiggins has been consistently good, but you can live with it. Okay. But Steph did this to you. Do you break or do you stick with your coverage? That is the essential question for Ime Odoka going into game five. It's late in the season. They've set themselves up well. You can change your coverage now, and they have less time to adjust to this. There's only three games left in the series max. So if you're going to switch it up, it's either game five or game six. So, okay. But if you continue to do this, we'll talk again about the real reason they lost, but you are daring Steph Curry, the greatest shooter of all time to hit shots. And they, they lived with it through three games of the series and it hurt them in game four. Yeah. I said this before last game, it still feels like Udoka hasn't really played many cards yet. And that's the big one. That's, that's the ultimate trump card that we don't know if he will play or not. We've talked a lot about you, you can't really anticipate the coaching move that seems like the right move because you never know if they will make it or when they will make it. But it still feels like he's kind of like, all right, this is we're the better team. We're going to do our thing and it's going to work and it is going to get us four to seven. Here's my question as I think about it. If you blitz staff and get the ball out of his hands, we know how that goes. We know what that means. What that means is he passes the ball off to a four and three from that other guy, Draymond Green. Calling Draymond Green a non-factor in the series is like a compliment to non-factors at this point. Draymond has been terrible. So I guess the question is, if you're Doka, do you want to say, okay, Steph, beat us one on five. Offensively, do, do the stuff yourself whoops, you did twice already now, or do you risk reopening Draymond and inviting him back into the series where, I mean, look, we saw in game four, he had some Ben Simmons looks about him in the second half. Like he, he's like hot potatoing the ball. It it was, I was getting angry just watching, like he wouldn't even catch the ball. It was like, you know, we've seen, we talked about like Pat Connaughton earlier in the playoffs had the the no dip shot it's like Draymond had the the no catch pass it's like he wouldn't even catch it it was like setting it off to the next guy just push push pass away he won't do it he only had two turnovers but there are a bunch of other other guy turnovers that were because Draymond was involved in the action so I guess the question is do you invite that switch to be like okay we've effectively taken this awesome all-time player out of the series we're going to bring him back into it and try to balance it out. And I don't know the answer to that. That's why I think it's tough here because it gets into the real reason that Boston lost this game. And it wasn't Steph Curry. They didn't lose this game because of Steph Curry. Steph had an amazing game. Steph's an incredible player. Steph's amazing and incredible. And he hits the shooty hoops and that's what he does. (laughs) The Boston Celtics lost this game because in the fourth quarter of this game, they could not score. That's why they lost this game. That is what happened. I do not have any way to get around this a piece of analysis. I, I understand that everyone's going to write about stuff. It's not that I don't want to give him credit because he does like he saved their season in the finals. It was his best. It was probably the best finals game I've ever seen him have. I've never seen him have absolutely finals, finals game than that. Um, there's probably something to that, that the Boston Celtics, the best defense in the NBA, let Steph Curry have his best offensive game of the finals in six trips. 
The Boston Celtics last night in the fourth quarter were seven of 21 from the field for 33%. They were four of 13 from three-point range for 31%. 13 of their 21 shots were from three-point range. They just chucked up threes. They were, by that math, three of eight from inside the arc. They got one free throw. They had three turnovers. The Boston Celtics gave up turnovers in this game. We know that that's a problem. They gave up offensive rebounds in this game. We know that that's a problem. There is this quote from Ime Udoka reported by Steve Bullpett, a longtime Celtics beat writer, that said that Udoka in game three challenged the, the Celtics by saying, do you guys want to stop playing like assholes? And again, the Boston Celtics in game four returned to their tried and true strategy of let's play like assholes. Um, <laughs> so the question here, and it, let's let's flip this to the other side. Even with, Okay. If we if we take this back and we look at, all right, the Golden State Warriors had 19 points off of turnovers. They had 19 second chance points. Okay. Yeah. Often the glass killed them and killed Boston in this game. It's true. So that's 38 points off of those two factors. Even with that, the Golden State Warriors had just a 111 offensive rating. Yeah. That is paltry. If you're not above 115 in the modern NBA, I'm kind of like, you didn't have a great offensive night. So Steph goes for this incredible performance. And the overall defensive result for the Boston Celtics in situations in which they did not play like assholes was optimum. So why they lose? They couldn't score. So the adjustments and performance improvements have to be on the offensive end. And it's why, Brandon, this is still very, this series, I'm not sure, like, I'm not shaken. I didn't think they were going to go up three, one. There was kind of like, do you, if you have Celtics minus one and a half, like I do, do you hope it? Sure. Was it there for the taking? Yeah. They had, they had the lead with six to go. Am I surprised? No, I lean warriors. I knew that this was going to go. I, I didn't know. I felt that it was a very strong likelihood that this was going to be two, two. Right. And I still didn't move off of Boston. So I will tell you my best bet. Or game five. I hammered it immediately. You did. <laughs> Boston Celtics plus 145 money line. I bet it immediately after the game. That's my best bet for game five. What's yours? So I did not bet it immediately. I saw you bet it. I saw it pop up on the app. Make sure you're on the app. You get those notifications right away and get those lines. Uh, Matt and I, by the way, both bet. We'll come back to finals MVP. But FanDuel posted a plus 1100 Jalen Brown finals MVP last night that lasted about like 12 minutes after you and I both bet that one on the app. (laughs) So got to get those notifications on. You get those bets in right away. I am on the Celtics. I'm on the Celtics money line, but it took me a while to come back around to it. So before I explain where I'm at on that, I want to respond to some of the things you said. So we look a lot at first half stats because it's halftime and we have 12 minutes and let's look at all the numbers now and see what happens. We don't do a lot of second half stats, you know, because we, we get to the end of the game and we just see the whole game. And I looked yesterday at halftime. Remember everyone was talking about, Oh, the Warriors are seven of 24 on three is like, what happens when the shots start to fall? Well, the shots didn't fall a ton. Steph made a bunch of crazy acrobatic shots, but they just kind of, you know, they regress to the mean regression. Doesn't mean now you shoot 80% in the second half. It just means back to normal. That's what they did. Boston shot seven of 24 on threes in the second half. We didn't really notice because they just compiled into the big number. But boy, did we notice at the end of the game when all the shots missed late, Boston finished the game or second half. I believe the Celtics had four free throws. 
and we knew coming in the series, like four free throws at home in the second half of a game that is effectively a closeout game. If you can get that one, four free throws is not good enough. It's not good enough. Jason Tatum, not good enough in the series. Celtics in that game shot 19 of 47 on two pointers, which is 40%. That was kind of the same thing that happened in game two when they lost. Jason Tatum, I, I couldn't believe this when I saw it. Jason Tatum led the team in scoring. <laughs> I did not feel that in the game as we watched. It felt like Jalen Brown must have had like 12 more points than him. Jalen Brown had less. But Tatum shot four of 15 on twos in that <sighs> game. He had six turnovers for this series. Where's my Tatum number at? For this series, Jason Tatum through four games is 14 of 51 on two pointers, 29% on two pointers. He's got to be better. Like if you just do the counting numbers, 22, seven, eight, that's good. Those are good numbers. Just on the counting numbers, they're good enough that absolutely Jason Tatum can still win finals MVP if they win the title because the counting numbers are really pretty and he would have to have good games probably down to the end for them to do it. But he's going to have to be better. And I guess the question is, do we believe that he'll be better? He's going to have to do it at least once on the road. I think the other thing I want to think about too is this. There's a lot of talk. I've seen a lot of talk post-game about the thing you said. So the Warriors offense, their ratings have been pretty consistent. It's the Celtics that are yo-yo. They're way up, they're way down uh, from cleaning the glass. Celtics offensive rating in wins, 129.7. In losses in the finals, 92.5. Yeah, that's a pretty big difference, it turns out. And the Warriors offensive rating is pretty stable. It's kind of just the same game after game. But I don't think it's as stable as that number implies for the reasons you said. It's been stable because they're getting these freebie run out turnover plays, which, you know, let's be fair. That's kind of stable when you're playing Boston. They're going to give you some of those, but it's been stable because Steph is hitting these crazy shots. Is that really stable? It is Steph, but is that stable? Like Boston's three point shooting, everyone is saying, well, it's going to have to regress. It's going to have to come down. Yeah, that's fair. It should come down. Guess what else should come down? Steph Curry shooting 49% on threes on 15 contested attempts a game. Like, that should come down. It should. So, okay, back to my best bet. I'm taking the Celtics money line, and it's because I'm coming back to the trends that we've done. We've done all the trends, so let's let's just run through them again. Celtics after a loss. Since January 29th, down 12-1, straight up and against the spread. In the playoffs after a loss, 7-0, straight up and against the spread, covering, covering by 13.7 points a game. All but one win after a loss is by eight or more points. More than half by 16 or more points. On the road, 8-0 straight up and against the spread, covering by 14 points. They have road after a loss wins by 25, 23, 29, 22, 23. This is the trend that we've been doing this whole playoff with Boston. And the Warriors after a playoff win are 3-5 and five straight up. Two and six against the spread, failing to cover by eight and a half points a game. The Warriors during the dynasty run as a short home favorite, five points or less, are only two and five straight up as a home favorite of five or less. All of the trends tell me, all the numbers tell me, I have to take Boston on the money line to win. I don't feel great about it. I can tell you feel better about it than I do. But all the trends that I've been betting say I have to take Boston. 
Yeah. Um, so again, this kind of gets back to where I've gotten to over the, the years of doing this <clears throat> and, and really the years of doing this with you on this pod and, and Rob before he went to the ringer. Um, it's about like, am I going to feel bad about it? Yeah. Like, am I going to be like, what the hell was I thinking? Right. And I understand the, the logic of, of the other side, which is like, you bet against Steph Curry at home. You bet against Steph Curry at home. It's just that like, look, um, if you get into the weeds of his finals performances, it's very different. And again, this actually, this series to me isn't really about Steph because we kind of gone through this. Steph could have had that game yesterday and Boston wins if they take care of their side. The loci of control is with Boston. If Boston doesn't turn yeah. the ball over, Boston probably wins. If Boston does a better job on the offensive glass, Boston probably wins. Now, there are adjustments here. They probably have to be made credit to Steve Kerr because we were all like, what the hell are you doing? Benching Kevon Looney with a starting unit. What are you doing? How are, how are you doing this? And half court hoops, which is a great follow on Twitter. If you want the, like the nitty gritty of X's and O's half court hoops said, you know, this is probably based off of that. And trying to make sure that the minutes stack with Robert Williams, because the Celtics would take, Robert Williams off and then rest him and then bring him back in to end the quarter. And the Celtics kept winning these stints in the first and the third. Like that was a stint that they were winning. I looked this up uh, before we came on. And this is a wild number to me, Brandon. With Kavon Looney on the court in the series, Robert Williams, the Celtics are a minus 15. So when Rob's on the floor and Looney's on the floor, Boston's minus 15. When Looney is on the bench and Rob Williams on the court, they're plus 35. Oof. So you look at it, wow. and this was the adjustment, is Kerr made sure that Looney was in there in the minutes that he needed to fight Robert Williams when less of his other good players were there. And that helped a lot with stemming that tide. That's just absolutely awesome. So. That was a really good adjustment, despite us thinking he was crazy. However, it also goes back to what we talked about after game one, and we talked about it a lot in game three. This is like our, our big thing in game, or my big thing in game three was, okay, Kerr had to make the adjustments in game two to save the series. Now Udoka gets two days off to throw adjustments at him in game three. He did. Kerr counter-adjusts in game four off of two days. Good job by Kerr. Now Udoka has two days. He's got the weekend to make adjustments for game five. And if you're wondering what those adjustments are going to be, it's going to be rotational. It's going to be scheme. It's the Steph question. It's, do you dare him? What probably we talked about, like, do you change this because it's worked or do you keep it? Do you keep it because it's worked or do you change it and risk opening up the rest of the Warriors offense? It's probably going to be a mix of both. When I say that they haven't blitzed Steph, it's not like, well, they haven't really done that. I mean, not a single in possession. Have they been like, Hey, we should put some pressure on Steph Curry coming off the pick. So I think probably in game five, they'll throw some of that at him. Just get him a little uncertain. Just get him questioning. Because a lot of this is about comfort. If he comes off that pick and he knows he's got space, you're dead. Like, you're just dead. There's no coming back. Like, he will know. And if he knows that, and he does. It's funny because you can tell actually in game one, he was a little hesitant. Of like, well, surely they're going to, they're not, look, where, where is everybody? Like, you're, <laughs> you're not going to, okay. Um, and then this one, he was just like firing. Like the one where he got really like amped up because Derek White fouled him, which he did. I went, looked back and looked at it. 
um he still had space like he still he still had space but like the part of that's just like you're just you're letting him and they're just they're at i will say this they're asking Derek white to do way too much coming over screens they're just asking way too much of that um also by the way credit to steph curry here was a really subtle adjustment that they made all right so the celtics want to switch some of the stuff they just want to switch it with a guard okay so he's got let's say that he's got Derek white or marcus smart on him he runs one screen with Jalen Brown's man to get Jalen Brown on him because Jalen Brown isn't as good coming over screens. And then he runs a pick and roll with whoever the big is, Al Horford, Robert Williams, or Grant Williams. So you get the guard on you that you want, and then you run the, with the big that you want. It's two switches to get the ideal matchup. It takes longer in the clock, which is why these games are slower, uh, but that helps. Yeah. All right, total on this game, Brandon. Wait, I want, I want to talk about Robert Williams for a second yeah, here, yeah, too. Yeah. So, yeah, you, to, to the point you just said, too, it's important it, it, with the Warriors more than any other team in the league, don't just watch the ball. While they have the ball, watch the other stuff, too. Like, if you're wondering, man, why are they just dribbling, taking so long to get into anything? They're just running the shot clock down? No, no, no. They're running stuff off the ball. They're running multiple actions, trying to set up the second action to set up the screener that they want. And sometimes they get it. Sometimes they don't. My biggest concern for Boston, I still like Boston in the series, but I think it gets, it's getting tighter and closer. Robert Williams is a concern for me because in the first half, he looked awesome. Again, just like he did in game three, he had five points. He had 10 rebounds. He was everywhere. He had two rebounds and two points in the second half. He appeared to check himself out late in the game. And he just, he, he seemed like he maybe tweaked the knee again or something. He just wasn't as spry in the second half. Here's some of the numbers. Warriors, and, and you broke it down with Looney on, Looney off, so that's even more granular, but Warriors with Robert Williams on the court for the series are minus 4.3 net rating with Robert Williams off the court plus 19.6. When he's not out there, they're cooking. We've seen, like, that means Al Horford, and when it's just Al, they're cooking. Here's that number. With Time Lord on Horford off, the Warrior or the Celtics are plus 14.4 net rating. When you switch it and Time Lord is out and Horford is on, that drops to minus 12.4. If, look, we've seen Time Lord the whole playoffs now, the whole thing. We've seen him, so we, we don't know. We don't know what we're going to get. We don't know if he'll play and we don't know what version we'll have of him. He has been so important to what they're doing and the way that they're defending in the series. And it's such a big question mark. And now that we saw that maybe the tweak thing kind of happen again, that to me is the biggest concern. I can't imagine he just doesn't play at this point. It's the last week of the season. It's the championship. You have to try. But I, I know that you tend to think that I get over-concerned on these injuries. Is this another spot where I'm making too big a deal of it? Or is Robert Williams actually that important? He's fine. I I said Steph was fine. I said I was like Steph's fine. I don't know why everyone. Yeah, he seemed he seemed all right. He seemed everyone, like he everyone's right. being alarmist about it. I was like he's fine. Robert like Robert Williams had an MCL sprain, so that's bad. They had he has the information. It's not great, but I think he's fine. All right. I, I, all think, right. I just think he's all fine. right. Let's talk they'll, total. They'll get treatment on him. They may they athletes know how to manage their effort and pain level. This is what they do. It's amazing. I can't do it. It's incredible, but. Yeah, I will take a little bit of a victory lap. Just like, good God, the amount of just like, and and I will cop to. I'm a little. I get like Steph 
it has like somebody falls on him in a scrum horford falls on him in a scrum and everyone's like oh is steph okay i don't know like he looks really and like john wall played with a broken wrist a couple of years ago and everyone's like yeah they lost i don't i hate the way we do that stuff it's just it's really bothersome like Guys are playing through so much. They're just playing through so much right now. It's it's not to, it's not making excuses. It's that this series is so tight mm-hmm. that these tiniest of margins really matter. Like, look, here's the series. Obviously, we know we're two two for the series. Warriors four hundred twenty two points. Celtics four twenty one. One point difference. They both have sixty four threes. The Warriors have one more offensive rebound than the Celtics. The Celtics have one more turnover than the Warriors. Uh, EFG, the the Warriors are 0.5% higher. Like that, I believe I said before the series, what did I have? The Celtics 50.6% and Warriors 49.4 or some like absurdly yeah. thin margin. We'll yep. come back to series, but I'm basically still there. That to me, the Steph injury, the Rob injury, it's like, it's so close. We have to look at every little edge we have. I think that my problem is, of course, it's going to look that way because when the Celtics look bad, they look really bad. <laughs> Like yeah. the Celtics aren't the Celtics are not going to look at this way. The Celtics are not going to lose with a lot of dignity. <laughs> like if the Celtics lose, it's going to, they're going to look like, ab- again, they're going to look like assholes. Like this is just who they are. And you know, the Tatum was kind of annoyed at the question last night. He's like, we're not trying to make it harder on ourselves. I do kind of at this point, accept that that's their identity though. That's why I thought that there was a good chance the Warriors won this game is I was just like, the Celtics are not going to make it so easy on themselves as they go up three, one and give themselves two chance to close going to be 2-2. Two, two. They're going to have to win on the road at least once. Now, on to Sleeper. Sleeper is the fastest growing fantasy platform today with millions of players. You probably already have a fantasy league on there. I use it for mine. It's a game-changing product unlike anything else in the industry. And now, you could win on Sleeper by playing their new over-under game. It's super simple. First, in any sport, just choose two or more players that you like and pick the over or under. For example, number of points in basketball or hits in baseball or rebounds or stocks, whatever it is that you're into. Then choose the amount of money you want to enter into the contest. If you pick correctly, you can win anywhere from two times to over 20 times the money you put in. The main reason I'm excited about the over-under on Sleeper is that's the only app where I can join my buddies' contest and play together. I have some real squares in my life that I'm looking forward taking some money off of it's got a built-in group chat where i can see and copy my friends picks with the tap of a button it's insanely fun to ride out together stop what you're doing and download sleeper now to play their new over under game have fun with your friends and make some money on your mobile phone join our listener group on sleeper at sleeper.com slash buckets and sleeper will automatically match your first deposit up to 100 dollars Again, go to sleeper.com slash buckets and you'll get a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See sleepers terms of use for details. I haven't dug a lot into props yet because the game was last night. We're recording this on Saturday yeah. morning. So I haven't dug like deep into like where I think the prop angle is. My, my inclinations are a Jalen Brown points over uh, and Al Horford points over because the margin is the line has probably decreased enough to where this is probably a spot. Um, he's missed some good looks. I thought, especially in game, I thought in game four, Horford had some real good looks that he missed. Um, probably Derek White over. Those are probably ones that I'm looking at. And then if we're looking at, because I, I, I do kind of look at it this way. If there was, if I wasn't playing the side, if we we're taking the same approach as game four, I would be leaning towards an offensive adjustment from Boston versus a uh, diminished line based off of the spread, right? So the total in this game 
is at 212. Not moving yet when we record this. So obviously a little bit lower. Um, the under hit, even with the, the Warriors putting up a pretty good point total. Thank you, Celtics. So if I have a lean on this, it's towards Boston over. Golden State can just, Steph Curry goes wild again. They manage to put up enough points. They win this game with offense. Like I, I kind of lean it for the total. I kind of lean towards the over. I wouldn't want to bet that, right? But I'm not expecting Boston to be better offensively. I am. Based on, and again, all the trends have, have come off the loss. So for our team total there, uh, we're looking at, I'm looking it up right now on the app just to make sure I have the number right because I could do the math in my head, but I'm lazy. Uh, it's 104 and a half. So I'm probably leaning towards the over there for not leaning. I think there is value. If you don't want to bet the side, I would bet the Warrior, the Celtics over. So that kind of makes me want to take Celtics overs as a target spot. I'm not sure that I want to play Warriors unders. Um, our friend Ra, formerly of the program, wants unders for the rest of the series. I'm not there. I don't, I'm not there. That's not where I'm at. I think Boston, when they, when they don't turn the ball over and they're not, again, playing like assholes, can put up a pretty good number here. So that's kind of my lean is, for props, I lean towards, well, let's just keep it simple. Tatum overs. Tatum over assists. Yeah. That's the play, right? Yes. So that's, that's exactly where I'm at. Like you said, I haven't done a ton on different props yet, but the ones I looked at are the ones that we just hit on in game three because to, to me, so much of what we're seeing in the series is correlated to things. And we saw Tatum, we saw Smart, where the correlations in the wins. So Tatum, here's the numbers. At least four assists, all but two playoff games. He's had at least five assists in 13 of the 14 wins. Now what's annoying is our numbers at five and a half. And when we played this last time, we got plus juice of the number. Now the best I'm seeing is like minus 142. So they're on to us. <laughs> so we don't get quite the same good line there anymore. He still is averaging for the playoffs 7.2 assists per game in wins, only four and a half in losses. So again, I like the over. And especially too, I'll tell you, I have like a couple of same game parlays I'm trying to put together doing the correlated thing again. I like the over, but I probably will put in Tatum five assists, not the over five and a half. Like take, take an alternate that's a little bit more conservative. That's not even a thing I do usually, but th- that's the trend is at least five and a win. Here's the one that's even stronger that I found. And it's small sample size, but it makes sense. Remember in coming into game three, I wanted to play Marcus Smart something because we thought, okay, he's going to be aggressive. They're coming out after a loss. He's the heart and soul. Look, I did it for Draymond in game four. Didn't go great for me. Tried Draymond over seven and a half points. I think I could just, you give me the rest of the finals. I still don't think I'm going to hit that one. So not great. I did take smart points over last time. Game three, that hit. Here's Marcus Smart in these playoffs after a loss. Now we only have five because remember he missed a couple games and he's the games he missed were after a loss a couple of times. Here's the line in five games after a loss, 18 points, eight assists, 21 and seven, 24 and 12. 24 and five, 24 and five. That is a very aggressive Marcus Smart after a loss, especially on the points and more time on the ball with the assists also. So Smart's line is 15 and a half points. That's plus money. I like that. If you want to go points plus assists, 20.5, he's going to wear that on points alone and four of those five after a loss. So I like that one. Alternate lines, 18 or more points. He's five for five after a loss. That's plus 168. 
Like you can kind of get creative, see how aggressive you want to do. Here's the other one. I told you before the Celtics win after a loss. We, we know all the numbers. It's not just that they win. They win by a lot. I know you hate this because it gets too aggressive. Here's the same game parlay I'm at right now at FanDuel. Celtics to win by eight. So I'm taking an alternate spread. But remember, they've done that all but one of those wins after a loss. And that was the game seven heat when they should have won by like 20. Celtics win by eight. Smart 18 points. Tatum five assists. That's plus 11-50 at FanDuel right now. And that trend in the playoffs, all three of those together is four and one. The only one it didn't hit is because they they played like garbage at the end of the heat game for three minutes. So um, those are the props I like. The one other one, I was surprised to see this. So at DraftKings, they have in-game, like who will lead the game in points? Who will lead and assess? What do you think the line is on Jason Tatum to lead game five and assess? What, what would you guess a line to be for that? And let me remind you, Jason Tatum's averaging 7.8 assists per game in the finals so far. And they're dogs. So they're dogs. I got to And the total's low. So I got to Is he a, pl- uh, uh, give me a hint. Is he a plus number? He has a plus number. Okay. Plus 150? Plus 250. What? Right? That's kind of how I reacted. I was like, man, that seems like a bad line because he has, he's seven point assists per game. So I looked into it a little bit. It's not as strong as an edge as I expected it to be. Remember, our thing is Tatum assists in wins. So I looked at all the wins in the postseason. There's 14 for Boston. Tatum has led them in assists, only six out of the 14 outright, and two more is tied for the lead in assists. So basically, he's been 50-50 in a win. Still good, not as strong as I thought. There's been, I think most of those are smart. I think there was one white game. Look, we just said the smart numbers. He's had like eight and seven and 12. Like smart is going to have more time on the ball. But I think that's still a pretty good number. If you like the Celtics, at first I was like, man, that's like a Celtics money line. If I like the Celtics and we know Tatum gets the assist, plus 250, give me that. It's not that strong, but I still think it's it's a bad line. So those are those are some of the Tatum smart props that I like here. Uh, so if you're not insane and you want one that's not that crazy, I just bet that's what Brandon was talking um, because why not double down? We're, it's... We only got a few more games. Let's go ahead and go out rolling. Celtics money line, smart over 15 and a half point, Tatum over five and a half assists is uh, plus 551. That's a really good return. It's not, like it. is it 15 or 11 that you got? I got 11 and a half. Wait, 11 and a half. Yeah, 11 and a half. Not, not 11 and a half to one, but I don't have to, I don't, I don't want it to be a six point game in the fourth quarter. <laughs> And well, I mean, look, here's the thing. <clears throat> if we're betting the Celtics at all, I don't want it to be a six point game at all for betting the Celtics. Forget all the other props. If it is still close in the yeah. fourth quarter, neither one of us is going to feel great about our Celtics position. So that's part of me is it's like, if I want the Celtics here, I got to believe they're going to roll because they are not doing great in these close late games. Let's deal with the elephant in the room here, Brandon. Okay. We like the Celtics. I like them more than you. And I understand why we got a warriors home third. Yeah, I, 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 we need to talk about it. <laughs> so, okay. Take me home. <laughs> the, the, the trend, we've, we've been betting it consistently. We stayed off in game three because we were like, ooh, they're not as good on the road. And then they smashed them. They've smashed them in every third. Yep. They're at home again, a chance to go up 3-2. Boston second quarter has been great. Great. 
you're not going to be able to get the Warriors at a minus number on this. I am considering Warriors third quarter as a prior hedge to Celtics money line because as strong as I feel about the Celtics winning this game over the course of 48 minutes, I have no faith in Boston winning this. On the other hand, though, Brandon, isn't our easiest path to Boston winning this game that they finally win a fucking third quarter? Like, I don't want to, under no circumstances am I going to bet Boston money line third. <laughs> that is not a thing no. I'm going to do. The Hard Celtics time. are, we, I, you know what? Like, I should have, you were on this to start the series. You've been on the Warriors third quarters. We've talked a lot about it. I should have been more effusive about this to start the series because not only do we have the Warriors trends, the Celtics fans will tell you they are horrible in these thirds. That's been their Achilles heel. So we have this unstoppable force beating an extremely movable object. And we should have just been like our best bet for every single game is Warriors third quarter. Um, End the podcast. Have end a nice podcast. day. <laughs> Thanks for coming, everyone. Let's get buckets. Um, if we like the Celtics, can we really justify? I know that they did it in game one. They did. They won the second and the fourth. That's how they won that game. And they won. And they was how they won game three. They won the second and they won the fourth. But from a consistency standpoint, can we justify betting Warriors third quarter if we like Celtics money line? Can, can we bet both of those from a we're trying to be consistent with the game script? Yeah, so I, I basically came to about the same conclusion you did. I don't mind betting the Warriors home third quarter pregame because we're getting at minus one and a half. Warriors can win the third quarter by two points lose all the other quarters by a lot of points and the Celtics can steamroll them. And we've seen that script play out in several games already. And that script play out in a bunch of Warriors and Celtics games. So I don't mind it before the game, but you're right. It, it, it does feel like a hedge. Like it feels nonsensical to bet the Celtics to win the game, but then bet the opponent to win a quarter that doesn't logically make sense. It's still happening, though. It's been happening in these games. Yeah. And so, yeah, that's interesting to do the pregame hedge because in my notes, that's what I have. I have Warriors home third quarter, question mark, question mark, wait and play as a hedge. The problem is we know the Celtics number so far, good first quarter, great second quarter. So probably you get Boston up five, up eight, something like that. Certainly that's what we hope for if that's if we're betting Boston like you and I are. The problem is if we get there, we're not going to get the Warriors one and a half anymore. They're going to bump the line to three and a half or four and a half or something yeah. like that. Cause they're, they, uh, we all know, everybody knows it's coming the third quarter barrage. So yeah, we, we texted about this last night though. It, it does feel like, even as you said, when does that adjustment come? When does the blitz come? If you're a Doka and you have your Trump card, whatever it is, if it's blitzing Curry or whatever, don't you save it for the third quarter? Like, don't you save it for that moment? The Warriors third quarter, the thing, the one thing that has crushed you all series. Isn't that the moment that you wait for? Okay, here we go. Try beating this look. You're not ready for it. Because I think if Boston can steal even like a four minute segment in a third quarter and swing it back the other way and go plus eight in a four minute segment instead of minus eight, it feels like. Like Boston is so up and down. And do we believe, do we not believe we hang our head? It feels like that would be the thing. Like that's like the lead 
DVD series moment. Do we still do DVDs in 2022? I don't know. Like that's the championship moment that goes on the DVD. I think the ESPN plus. Yeah, there we go. Or, and there's a bunch of great content on, on NBA on the NBA app. Uh, right now, by the way, the line is Warrior. I've got a FanDuel Warriors minus one and a half at minus 102. You're paying two cents mm-hmm. on them to win by two. So, yeah, I'm going to bet that. Like, um, Well, and the thing, too, is, and if you want, again, I, I know I'm a caricature of how aggressive I like to bet these things. The Warriors, when they win the third quarter, they don't eke out a win. I know, I know, I know. It, I, so I, I guess, guess here's. I guess here's the thing, though. It's like, okay, from, I'll take it from your perspective. One, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna get into the. You're like, if you were gonna play, if, even if you were gonna throw something out, would it be third quarter? I don't want to try and get into Doka's head. Like, yeah, I don't. For sure, I'm not. I'm not to, gonna bet based on that. I'm just we, speculating. I feel like we've learned a lot about not trying to anticipate changes, but instead betting off of the reaction to them because the market doesn't adjust enough to the adjustments as they should going to the next game, which is, makes sense. If you win the previous game, you're, that's going to impact the next line. And we go the other way. We're like, well, wait, in that second half, here's what they did, and it was better. So I'm, I don't want to get in, under that line, but I, my only has, because I just looked at, the, I looked at the alternate lines. That's, this is what I'm saying. It's like I've just looked at the alternate lines. By your own logic, if they, let's say that they do better, but they only, like, they do, they, like the, the Celtics do better, but the Warriors still only win by two, Right our minus one and a half caches, but the Celtics did enough to not be like, Hey, we got our absolute faces beaten in, in the third quarter. And we're set up to win this game. Right. Like, it's just like, it's a normal quarter versus all of these other crazy third quarters. So I I will play warriors third quarter as a hedge, just to take, like I'm willing to take, if this comes out and it's look, (laughs) if the Celtics win the third quarter and the warriors win the game. Okay. Like, yeah, I was wrong. I lost the bet, but (laughs) Well, and and two, if if you're listening, like, look, Matt and I, I'm sure we'll talk on Twitter and have a bet in the app on third quarter if we're doing it. Like, you keep an eye because we will we will be there. This is our brand at this point on buckets. But if you if you can't be there, whatever reason to see that, and you're just wondering right now, okay, so the Celtics are up seven at the half, and the Warriors third quarter line is now three and a half. What do I do? That's the reason I bring up the when when the Warriors win the third quarter, they really win it because. If your instinct tells you, man, I like Golden State to bounce back here. I like the third quarter spot. I want to play this, but the line is a little high. You can't be deterred by that. Like if if you didn't hedge pregame, but now you're getting a little cold feet and you're feeling the Warriors third quarter, you can still play that. And you can still play an alternate line because when they win those quarters, they're winning big. And if you want the bet and didn't get it in time, those extra two points shouldn't be enough to throw you off based on what we've seen. That's all. Series bets. Best line I see for the Celtics is plus 125 for yeah. the series. Celt- Warriors minus 150 at FanDuel, Celtics plus 125. Um, I'm not going to bet it because like, I have Celtics. I, I did bet Celtics in seven after game two, right? I wanted to make sure that I got, this, I got the hedge opportunity. I'll hedge more in game six. If I'm right and the Celtics win, I'll hedge more. If the Warriors win game five, I'm taking my winnings on that. I bet before the series, like back in the second round on Warriors over Celtics. And I'm, I'm going home. Like, it's fine. I, I I had the game script. We hit a really nice three game stretch. Can't win them all. I'm good. I got, I got to cut my losses at some point. I can't keep doubling down. Right. Um, There's a difference between doubling down and betting when you know that there's value. Like right now, I expected the Warriors to win game four. The Warriors win game four. So I, 
if you ask me, is there value on the Celtics at plus 125? Yes, because I think they're going to win the series. I think the Celtics are going to win the series and you're getting 25 cents on the dollar. So I, there is value on betting Boston here. Um, is it great value? No. Do I want to bet Celtics to win the next two? I do not. Uh, now we're at a point where I think the best value is to bet them game by game and just go with that route. I don't, I personally do not find there to be great value on either side. I don't know why this is Brandon. Um, it's about this last night. And my script for the series was Warriors game one, Boston game two, Boston game three, Warriors game four, Boston game five, Boston game six. Celtics took game one. And so it flipped it, but it actually just helped with that trend of Celtics one, Warriors make the adjustments in two, Celtics make the adjustments in three, Warriors make the adjustments in four, Celtics make the adjustments in five, and then they'll have a home game in game six. Like that script still holds outside of that, that those first two things being flipped, which makes it honestly, I should have bet that in the first place because I should have been like, oh, there's no way the Celtics are winning two games in a row <laughs> until the end of the series. Cause that's what they've done, right? They go either at every other one. And then at the end of the series, that's when they can win two in a row. So I still like the Celtics in six. I don't like, I'm not like, Ooh, I got to cash this out or I'm, I'm, you know, betting out of it. Or I got me captain hedge. I'm not like the, I, I'm going to be fine. I'm going to be up big. If the Warriors win, I will be up way, way, way bigger. If the, if the Celtics win, I'm not bragging here. This is a rare opportunity where I got good lines on these and I didn't pay. Now I will say this, like I'm going to be okay, but this would have been way better if I hadn't bet the box. Like I had a massive liability on the box. I had a way bigger liability on the box, but I got such good seven to ones and nine to ones on these numbers that it's fine. Um, if you ask if somebody asked me, like, I want to bet the series right now, who should I bet? I would say Celtics plus 125 is the best number available. I don't love it. I think you're better off just betting a game by game. But if you want to bet the series right now, my best bet for you would be Celtics plus 125. Yeah, I agree. And I think, too, I would say back to the game five bet, the, the way you just described the position of the Celtics is about how I feel about game five also. Like, I don't feel confident that the Celtics are better and definitely going to win game five on the road. I do feel confident that the Celtics are better than the number is and that they are close to a coin flip and that we're getting plus 140, plus 145 on that coin flip. Then you take the value. The series, I think, is similar. So I I couldn't believe this. I ran my numbers on the series. Here's where I'm at. Remember before coming in the series, we were at 50.6 and 49.4. Here are my actually, these are the accurate numbers I have right now for the series. Boston to win the series, 49.85% Boston, 50.15% Golden State. That is as coin flip. Like I couldn't even stage the numbers to get them that close if I tried to, to make it a coin flip. I have Boston in six is at 29.3%. If you want the exact outcome, that is the one outcome that there is some value on in the books, plus 300 at MGM or FanDuel. That's 25% implied. I have that at 29.3. Boston and seven, I have 20.6%. Warriors and six, 19%. Warriors and seven, 31%. So basically, Warriors and seven or Celtics and six are about equal. Celtics and seven, Warriors and six are about equal to each other. Does it go seven games or not? Also close to a coin flip by my numbers. I have a 51.5% to go seven. 
So 48 and a half to not go seven to go six. There, there's not a lot of value. There's just not there's the numbers are sharp. If you are new and I want to bet right now on the series, what should I bet? I'm with you. Celtics plus 125. That's implied 44 and a half percent. I have them at 49.8 percent. That's value. That is technically value on the numbers, just not that much. <laughs> and if you're new, I feel better about just betting game five, where you're getting a much better number on the Celtics here. Because I don't know about you, but obviously the, the Celtics are going to have to win game five or game seven to win the series or both, but they have to win at least one. I will like Boston better in game five than I do in game seven. I have to because of all the game seven stuff we know over the years. So if I can get better odds for Boston to just win game five than to win the series, why wouldn't I just bet Boston to win game five? Yeah. It makes much more sense to just do that. So I don't want to bet the series if you have to do it, Boston, but I don't think there's great value there. Is it weird that I feel okay about Boston in game seven and I'm usually the game seven guy? That's well, like, I feel okay about it. I, I ju- just don't you agree if you had to, whatever the bet was right now, if you had to bet on Boston wins one of game five or game seven, wouldn't you rather yeah, take right, game five? Right. Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, for sure. that's all. Um, finals MVP? Yeah, finals MVP. This is, talk about the stuff thing. This is ridiculous. This number, <laughs> this number is, I'm offended by this number. Talk about yeah, it. Let, let, me, let me do the numbers because I looked up at some of the popular books. So here, here are the best numbers I found for finals MVP. Steph Curry, DraftKings, minus 135. Jason Tatum, plus 200 at FanDuel. Jalen Brown, plus 700 at BetMGM. So I, I think it looks very likely it's one of those three. Those are the best numbers I saw. Now, what I'm talking about here is... Yeah, um, I know. The, there was a time... <laughs> it's equalized right now at, at FanDuel. There was a time last night... Steph Curry was a greater favorite to win finals MVP than the Warriors were to win the series, which implies that they would vote for him in a loss. I don't want to be like definitive about this, right? I could be wrong. I'm open to being wrong on this. I'll just tell you there will be voters here that voted in 2015. Okay. And you could say on the one hand, they'll correct the mistake of 2015 and not voting for LeBron. On the other, I'll just say that like it is, it would be patently unfair. It would be obviously crucially unfair to vote for Curry in a loss and not have voted for LeBron in a loss. Curry has made the shooty hoops. LeBron was another thing in 2015 without his two best players. What he did was insane in 2015 2016 in 2017 like it's fine that we could talk about curry as an all-time great like i think if they win the title again i think curry moves into like a top five conversation how is the best shooter of all time not one of the best players ever the whole fucking point of the sport is to put the ball in the hoop but to not vote for lebron and then vote for curry would be absolutely mind-bogglingly insane to me which is why i think you know look if the celtics win i think if you think the celtics are going to win jalen brown's your best bet we feel like he's played better tatum's putting up the volume but brown's played better i don't think he has to lead in points for him to get the like 
the feeling here does matter. And it definitely feels like Jalen Brown has been the best player in the series with the Boston Celtics. So that's like enough for me to say that, that if you think the Celtics are going to win, Jalen Brown's the best value. If you think the Warriors are going to win, <clears throat> you can bet either one. Like, I guess take Curry because instead of the Warriors, if it's the same, I guess take Curry in the event because it gives you another opportunity based off of the implied. Um, but I, I think in, in that point, you should just be betting Warriors game by game. I think they're, you're getting better value there than, than betting on the MVP at this point. Um, like I will say, like I made the entire argument before the series that how Steph Curry was not going to win finals MVP. And it was wrong because I ant- did not anticipate Ime Udoka daring the man with the knife to stab him. Like I just did not anticipate this. And that's on me. That's my bad. I will learn from it and be better next time. If the Warriors win, Curry's obviously like, if, I, I will tell you this. If you want a finals MVP ticket, on the one Steph Curry, you better do it now because if they win game five, this number is like minus 400. It's gone. It, yeah. We're paying through the nose. This is it for you. This is the only time you're going to get this at a number that is sub 300. So, you know, the voters, you know, the voting trends far better than I do. We've talked about that a lot. I can't argue about the should Steph get votes in a losing cause potentially. I think we can play it to our advantage though, because here's what I noticed. Correct me if I'm wrong, Matt. If the Celtics win the series, you overwhelmingly believe that one of the Jays would be finals MVP. Is that correct? Yes. Right? Smart, like, look, I bet smart, you bet Horford. Something outlandish would have to happen for anyone other than the Jays, right? Yeah, it's over. They're gone. Okay, so Tatum is plus 200. Jalen Brown is plus 700. Why play Celtics series when you can, if you believe that the Boston wins a title, that Steph can't win MVP. Why don't you just bet both J's? You can bet them both together. The thing we've done, the odds implied when you do both together, like a half unit on each or however you want to do it, you're basically getting both J's at plus 167. You just got a plus 167 yeah. for Boston to win a title. If you are right that Steph can't win MVP when that happens. And by the way, I think even somehow if it did happen, it would have to be in a, like a close game seven loss, right? Like not going to happen if Boston wins the next two, right? So if you truly believe that, look, for all the reasons, whatever, LeBron, anything else, it can't be Steph. If Boston wins, it has to be one of their guys. It's going to have to be Tatum or Brown. I think this might actually be your best way to play a future right now is to bet half share of Tatum, half share of Jalen Brown, plus 167 for a title is implied 37.5% for Boston. You and I are way higher than that on Boston right now. I'm 50-50 on it. That's a lot of value. That's like, that, that's a huge margin. Do you think that that's a good, are you that confident in Steph not winning finals MVP in a losing cause that that is the best way to play the series? I think it's the best way to, to win the series. It's not that I'm that confident on Curry because people are irrational about stuff. They're just not, they just, he does, I've talked about this for a long time. If you hit long threes, it, it, the dopamine hit to our brains. It's crazy. Like yeah. People react to that in a way that they never do any. Like It's more powerful than a dunk. It's more powerful than a twisting layup. It's more powerful than anything. You hit one of these 35-point threes, and everybody's just like, stop it. Steph's going to stop. It's like, crazy. Like, uh, they have the series-long props up. Yeah. Steph, three-pointers per game average for the series. The line right now is 6.0. You can bet over under 6.0 threes a game, and it's the right line. It's the like, right line. It's, it's the accurate. right number. 
Yeah, I want to be very clear on this. Just because I don't, I think that there is an irrational reaction to it does not mean that like I'm saying Steph Curry isn't that good. Like, holy God. By the way, you put up 40 plus in a finals game on the road. Pretty, you're pretty good. You're pretty good. You're an all-timer. Yeah. Steph Curry is an all-time player. I, again, I can believe all of these things that he is a top five player of all time and that the people's reaction to him is insane. Because again, <laughs> we look at this, the Celtics offense has decided this, this game. Okay. This is a long episode, but we had a lot to get into. It's it's we I like this because we're not getting less confident. If you told us it was a two two series, we might be in like, I don't know, but we're still like, OK, look, we're st- we're terrified of Steph Curry. But the value is the value. This is how you bet it. I feel good about this episode, Brandon. Best of luck to us. Follow all of our props in there. Heat check. Six o'clock Eastern. On Monday before game five. Check it out. I don't think we're doing a bet spaces. If we do, you can follow that at NBA bet on Twitter. Download the app. You'll get all our plays, including uh, on a little bit of a heater with all of with WNBA. I mean, the model is is working right now. And we have a new analyst. Your buddy is on there. Jim Turvey is now doing it. Follow him on Twitter at Baseball Turv, T-U-R-V, and be able to get great plays on WNBA. I, I understand if you're listening to this, you're like, what? Look, if you're listening to this, you're a better it doesn't really matter how you feel about the WNBA. There's profit. This is a low market. I love betting WNBA. It's my favorite bet to sport the bet. Not kidding. I like betting it more than NBA. If we have more stuff on it, I would like it even more. Check that out. Follow Brandon in the app. We'll see you guys again on, on Tuesday with another edition. Let's get buckets. <laughs>